You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. Now, spring is in the air, and we couldn't be happier. I think it's rained every single day in Charlotte since October. Um, So there's so much going on, uh, and it's really finally giving us an opportunity to get outdoors after so much cold and rainy uh, winter weather that we've had here. So whether you want to pump up your bike tires and get on the greenway, lace up your running shoes, grab a Frisbee, or go grab your golf clubs, uh, there's a lot to do in the Charlotte area, and there's a lot to do in North Carolina. Now, certainly anyone who loves golf knows that one of the best and most storied courses in the world is right here in North Carolina at Pinehurst. And if you haven't had the itch to swing your clubs yet this spring, you will after you hear from our next guest on the Brand Butters podcast. Eric Kuster is from Pinehurst and uh, represents Pinehurst Resort and Country Club. And Eric, I got to ask you, man, I'm game. So when do I get to come up there and, uh, and tee this bad boy up? Well, thanks for having me, Brian. It's, got, it's an honor to be here with you guys today. But we're, uh, as you said, we're, we're just glad that we've got some dry weather ahead for the next, you know, at least the next several days. So we, uh, our business doesn't do well when it's raining or snowing. So we, we watch the weather pretty, haw- we watch the weather pretty hawkishly, but, um, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's certainly spring is in the air and a lot of people have, you know, the masters countdown and, you know, I'm seeing a lot of stuff about, you know, uh, spring weather and golf. And so we get excited this time of year. This is, this is when people start to flock to Pinehurst. Uh, and that's what we do. We're you know, the largest golf resort in the, in the U S. So we need golfers coming here this time of year. Yeah. Eric, thank you again for joining us, buddy. And I'm just curious with all the rain, as you just mentioned, how are the courses looking right now? Well, you know, we are in the sand Hills, so we're you know, naturally, um, a little more, uh, of a of a friendlier drainage system um, with our with our turf, but uh, having said that, because of the enormous amount of rainfall, um, there is you know the, the courses are a little wet right now. Uh, I haven't played in a, in a couple of weeks, but I've been told by some of our golf maintenance uh, folks that uh, there is a little saturation out there. But typically, Scott, this you know this area drains very well. Uh, where you guys are in Charlotte, it's a little more clay-based. Um, but when you when you go three you know, three or four inches below the surface at, here in Piners, it's all sand, and so that's a that's a easier, you know, more porous uh, you know, uh, vegetation, if you will, to allow for for drainage. Now, Eric, you mentioned that you guys are the largest golf resort in America, and that and that's incredible. Um, what? How how do you become the largest, and what is the ranking behind that? What are some of the other yeah. very large ones that maybe people would be surprised to say, "Wow, Pinehurst is is bigger than that"? Right, that's an excellent question. Um, yeah, you know, we've we we've arrived here uh, over 125 years, and um, it started. You know, Pinehurst was originally founded as a health retreat. Not many people know that the Tufts family, as in Tufts University up in Boston actually founded the resort and they, they, they put the stake in the ground in 1895 and said, this is going to be a place where people are going to come to be treated for you know, respiratory illnesses like tuberculosis. Little did they know that that was a, a contagious disease. That's not a good business plan, right? So, um, so they, they quickly backed out of that and, uh, and, and shortly thereafter in the early 1900s, we had our first golf course. Um, so today, Brian, we've got nine and a half golf courses, um, and that and that point five is the cradle, which we'll talk about hopefully later on in the conversation. But um, 
you know, the, the, I think the, the globally known largest golf resort is the Mission Hills. Uh, it's actually in China. It's Mission Hills Resort. But in the, in, the, in the North American hemisphere, I'm pretty sure that we own the category as the largest and most historic, I might add, golf resort. And so uh, our, our golf courses are numbered chronologically uh, as to when they originated. So number one uh, opened in 1901 um, and was finished in 1907. And then we just added uh, from number two, which is the U.S. Open golf course, our most famous golf course, uh, all the way to number nine. And number nine was the, the most recent addition, and that was formerly known as, as Piners National, which is a Jack Nicklaus golf course. We acquired uh, that golf course and then rebranded it as number nine and brought it into our portfolio. So, uh, so yeah, we, 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 you know, we, uh, we like our label as, you know, the largest golf resort. Um, it certainly has some challenges, but it's nice to kind of own that space and, and have a, you know, kind of be known as, as the largest and most historic golf destination in, in the country. Now, nine and a half golf courses. Like, I don't even know if, if most people can take care of one golf course. How do you manage that? And how many people are employed at Pinehurst to, to not only continue to be the largest and the most historic, but to re- really create that experience each and every day for the guests that come out there, really from all over the world? Well, it, it takes a lot of manpower. I mean, we... Uh, from the resort side and the country club side, you know, we're at, on peak levels uh, throughout. You know, we have seasonality here, so we have certain times of the year where our occupancy dips. But uh, I think on average, we are around 2,000 employees. Um, but when it comes down to maintaining the golf courses, that is all about the the craft of golf maintenance. And you know, they they come out in in armies. I mean, just they come out every morning. And early early mornings, whether it's 40 degrees or if it's a nice, you know, warm morning, they are there. They're dedicated to what they do, which is maintaining our golf courses at the highest level, so that our members and our guests can enjoy the experience of being at Pinehurst. It may be someone's 15th visit to Pinehurst, and maybe their first. You know, we like to say it's a U.S. Open today. Someone today at Pinehurst is having a U.S. Open experience. It might be. Might be you know Scott and and Tyler Hager coming into town and teeing up on number two and that's that's a that's a moment that we want to you know protect and we want to make sure that we when that when that tee is in the ground that they're going to play on a golf course golf courses that have been well maintained um, and it's it, it, again there are challenges with the agronomy the agronomy management of nine and a half golf courses but fortunately we have resources and we have great people and great leadership that, uh, that helped you know, lead those efforts. And you mentioned, I mean, I think that's phenomenal. Everyone is having a U.S. Open today. We did some shirts uh, for a friend actually <laughs> about a year ago where we kind of set up that we did eight blue and eight red. And so the foursomes on each of those two teams, they wore red on Friday, and then the next day they would wear blue. So yeah. they felt like kind of they were having their own little President's Cup there. But that's really neat that you guys create that. Like, it's not just the U.S. Open week. Everybody's having that experience. And if you treat everyone like that, then they're going to continue to come back. So cheers to you guys for having that mentality. Um, Now, I'm kind of interested in the actual course because I did work at a golf course uh, in high school. And I understand really just the work that goes into it, specifically from the groundskeepers. So what are some of the secrets, uh, if you can share them, that make your golf course one of the best ones. And then also kind of what are some of the things that you guys do differently, maybe than other golf courses to keep that uh, in tip top shape every single day throughout the year? Sure. Well, yeah, 
the uh, the identity of Pioneer Sport um, really is, is all about course number two. I mean, when people think of Pioneers, they think of number two. They 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 go back to perhaps you know playing number two and then seeing it on te- on television for the 1999 or the 05 or maybe the 2014 U.S. Open. Um, so commercially, if you will, that is uh, that is kind of what people associate number number two with. So I'll start with that. So number two. You know, it is the pedigree of Pinehurst. It is, you know, when you when you're stepping, when you're walking down the historic hallway and you see the vintage photos of past champions like Ben Hogan, like you know Sam Snead, uh, folks like Phil Mickelson, all the way up to it's almost like a timeline as you walk down the hallway. And then you get you know from black and white photos to color photos where you're seeing Ricky Fowler and Martin Keimer and Michelle Wee. And, um, you know, all of a sudden your heart's beating a little faster and, you know, you're about to play, you know, this, uh, you know, this round of a lifetime on number two. And so we like to think that the history uh, and the pedigree and the U.S. Open championships that, that we have, uh, it tells the story of why you should play number two. And it's a differentiator from the, the many wonderful other you know, golf resorts and golf courses uh, that are available. And I'll, and I'll quickly uh, add to that that uh, course number four was recently renovated by Gil Hance, H-A-N-S-E. And Gil is very well known uh, in, the, in, the, in the golf course architecture space. And uh, he, there's reasons for that. He's, he's becoming the hot hand guy um, for golf destinations. And so we tapped him two years ago to come in and he actually was responsible for designing the cradle which is now this, you know, this this very well known and fun nine hole golf course, all par threes. But he also redid number four. So um, I think the secret is is really is making sure that you, you know, partner with the right people. And um, and, and jumping back to number two for a moment, we we did a restoration on number two prior to the 2014 U.S. Open. And we brought in uh, two guys named Ben Crenshaw and Bill Core, known as Core Crenshaw Design Team. And so, you know, we we've taken you know, very deliberate, thoughtful efforts to make sure that we partner with the right architects, that the right they have the right vision for what we want in these golf courses, and hopefully the desired outcomes are such that you know they're they're championship caliber golf courses that will stand the test of time and that will provide those U.S. Open experiences every day. So you mentioned the cradle part three. I'm I'm curious. Is that the point five that that we have to get back yeah. to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, you know, golf has golf has to is going through this almost you know, redefined uh, era right now. I mean, it's and again, when I said when I told Brian earlier that being a large golf resort has some challenges. It's you know, volume and overhead and, you know, just things of, you know, getting people to play golf. When you make a, when you make a bet on golf, like we have, then you cannot be complacent. You know, this is not a one golf course operation. It's not a two or three. Um, it's not a private club where you have paying members. We do have a country club component, but the resort is the economic engine of our, of our company. So the cradle was our way of, Stepping into this progressive movement around golf. I mean, Top Golf is is taking the the game by storm. I mean, every you can walk into a high school right now, Scott, in in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, or even let's go lower. Let's go to grade school level. Maybe like 10, 12 girls and say, 
how many of you all have played 18 holes of golf? And you might not get anyone to raise their hand. Then if you ask them, how many of you have played top golf, you might get 25%, 50%. They relate to top golf. So something was happening there that, you know, it's becoming a gateway into the game. It's fun. Um, I mean, it's so it's a selfie factory. It's, it's, it's relating to millennials. So we thought, how do we, how do we do something that can be relatable to that? We can't build a top golf, um, but man, what if we did a par three course? And what if we put it right at the main clubhouse where you have incredible amount of foot traffic every single day where, where courses one through five start and finish. So we did it. And man, it, it's been a huge home run. This thing is going to do 30,000 rounds this year. It's got 16 speakers out there that are pumping out music all day. We've got this thing called the pine cone, which is a beverage cart on steroids, which has a full bar in the front and five taps in the back. So, I mean, this thing, (laughs) it's it's perfect for people, Scott, that just want to go out and whether it's with, you know, a beginner or, you know, someone of older age, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, it's multi-generational, it, you know, timing, it takes 45 minutes to an hour, cost, it's $50, and you can play all day, it's kids 17 and under play for free, so we feel like, you know, this is our kind of grow the game initiative, but it's made Piners accessible for folks that even don't stay at Piners for maybe, you know, they can't afford us perhaps, and, you know, they just want to come and step foot and taste that Piners experience, but do it in a unique and memorable and fun way, and that's what the cradle's done. Now, is, is the cradle positioned near the new brewery you have there as well? It's, it's, it's close. Um, we, would, we would say in golf terms it's probably, you know, a, a, a par five and then another par four to get there. But it's, um, it's in the village of Pinehurst, and um, that's been another, you know, kind of innovative project that we have brought to uh, the Pinehurst experience is the Pinehurst Brewing Company. And uh, – about five years ago, we kept kicking the tires on, you know, what do we need to do with this building, this abandoned steam plant that had bones that dated back to 1896, was sitting empty. And we had, we had some suitors that had approached us and said, hey, you know, we'll, we'd love to partner with you. We'd love to, to be uh, the tenant and, and, and make this thing work. But it just didn't work out for a lot of reasons. So we said, you know, uh, Tom Pashley, who's our president, and myself and, and others just said, you know, why don't we just do it? And, you know, we're not in the brewery business, but, you know, we can figure it out. And so we tapped a guy out of Charlotte uh, by the name of Slate Snyder. And Slate uh, had experience working with uh, landowners and investors and, and brewery operators. He kind of has this niche expertise. And so we brought him on board. Uh, this is probably 2016, 2017. And uh, we have now, you know, we, we've taken what was this kind of you know, truly abandoned, empty, dilapidated building. And today it's a 7,000 square foot uh, brewery and restaurant operation that is probably the coolest thing that we've done, second to the cradle perhaps, at Pinehurst. And it is, it is jamming with people. You walk in there and you feel a new energy. And that's a key word that we are intentional about right now, Scott, is that we want new energy at Piners. We don't want to be in a time capsule. People think of Piners, they might think of, you know, retirement community or it's all golf, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's not 
untrue, but we need to paint the picture to stay relevant for today's generation and next generation. So this the brewery movement, as you guys know in Charlotte, is incredibly ubiquitous, and we thought we had we could capture that experience right here in Pinehurst, and man, it, it turned out great. I, you got next time we do a podcast, or maybe next time we just hang out here in Pinehurst, we're going to do a live podcast at the brewery. Is that okay? Absolutely. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> You're really pulling my arm to come down there and do a live podcast. <laughs> you know, you're looking for an excuse. Yeah, heck yeah. You mentioned right. the cradle, and I just uh, actually watched the 60-second uh, video that you did on this, and it is incredible. Um, some of the quotes that you have, the most fun 10 acres in all of golf, golf channel, the best hour you can spend on a golf course, golf advisor, the cradle is a kind of small ball paradise. Small ball paradise is what I need in my golf game. So that's <laughs> right. golf digest. So, I mean, you definitely have caught the attention um, of the golf world by, uh, by, by really noticing what top golf has done, changing your brand a little bit, but offering just that 0.5 that maybe people need. I mean, I'm all about listening to music on the golf course, the pine cone full bar. I mean, you kidding me? Like I'm ready to come right now. So um, thank you for sharing a little bit about that. Now, I want to transition this a little bit away from not necessarily the brewery or the golf course, but really more from a corporate standpoint. I think you guys uh, do a phenomenal job of, of creating an environment where organizations around the globe can come there for sales summits, can come there for um, you know incentive trips. Tell us a little bit about, besides around the golf, what does your uh, resort offer and what are some other things that, uh, that you guys can provide? Absolutely. Uh, corporate business is a big part of what we do, um, and we rely on you know meeting planners and and sea level decision makers uh, across the country, particularly here in the southeast and North Carolina, to to choose us when they want to host you know their leadership meeting, their conferences, uh, board retreats, client outings, all the above. So, um, quick nuts and bolts uh, across the property, we've got about ninety thousand square feet of event space. Um, at the Carolina Hotel, which is our flagship hotel, um, we've got about 50,000 square feet of meeting space. We've got a, you know, ballrooms that range from 9,600 square feet down to 7,000 square feet. So we really have a lot of scalability when it comes to meeting space and outdoor function space, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 outdoor venues um, for, for groups that want to do you know, big, big events uh, outside. So um, you know, along with the, the Carolina Hotel, we also have the Holly, which is the boutique hotel of Pinehurst, the first hotel to open its doors in 1895. It's an 82-room hotel uh, with two restaurants and four meeting rooms. And then we have uh, the Manor. Uh, the Manor Inn is a 42-room hotel, and it's really known more as the casual lodge for the golf for the golfers. And we're actually going through a, a pretty major renovation of the Manor as we speak. It'll be reopening this fall, and it's going to you know, come back as uh, perhaps a little more transitional. Uh, we, we, we struggle to say modern around here, but we definitely want to position this, this lodge as the fun, casual, communal, social uh, golfer's uh, option when they visit Pinehurst. And then we've got, uh, we've got condos that we, that we manage for, for private owners. So when you step back and look at uh, you know, this, the sheer numbers, you've got 438 sleeping rooms on any given night. Um, you've got 90,000 square feet of, of meeting space. You've got 17 different outdoor venues. You've got uh, four different lodging units. Uh, so it you have a 31,000 square foot spa. You've got 
Um, you've got a, a 200 acre lake uh, that um, that is it contains our our beach club, which will have uh, as of this summer. Once we're done with the renovations out there, we'll have a full. We'll have a zip line. We'll have slides. We've got a country club that has uh, about 6,000 members, and the country club we recently added a, a massive pool facility. We were kind of copying Carmel Country Club a little bit. We we brought in the same the same uh, architect, and we've uh, we've kind of created that that fun element with the slides and the the multiple pools and all that stuff. So we have uh, a lot to do here. It's not just golf. Certainly, that's our strongest muscle. We've got lawn sports, uh, croquet. Uh, lawn bowling, tennis, spa. So, uh, yeah, the spa is a big deal here. So, and then you got this charming village, uh, Brian, right in the right in the heart of everything that just kind of connects the this 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 soul of Pinehurst. When you're here, it's like you know, yes, the resort is is beautiful. Yes, it has wonderful amenities and wonderful restaurants and the spa. But this village kind of it it, it really kind of connects everything, and it, it kind of gives us our our core. Um, and it was designed by Frederick Law Olmsted, who also did Central Park in uh, the Biltmore States. And so it's got this beautiful New England style influence. It's got these meandering streets, uh, these old cottage style homes that were built by the Tufts family. So you can take walks. You can, you know, there's a there's a wine shop. You can, you know, take you know, sip and strolls through the village. And now you have the brewery. So the village is this, you know, little little enclave, charming little timeless, almost Norman Rockwell type place, right in the heart of all of all the hustle and bustle of, of what what defines Pinehurst Resort. So you're in charge of sales and business development, correct? Yes. What does that look like for you? What is, what is your day in and day out? I, I, you had mentioned uh, at another time that some of your buddies kind of give you a little bit of. You know, like, what are you doing over there, man? Does Pinehurst really need someone in your role? So, like, tell us right. a little bit about how you go about doing that. You've also mentioned relationships are so important. And uh, we we strive to develop strong and, and lengthy relationships here in our business. So it's really cool to hear your challenges with facing the new generations and how you advance and move forward in your business. I think we all face that. So anyway, tell me. Tell me how that goes for you. Well, thanks for that question. And, and um, if you if you if you don't know the hospitality industry, it, it really is uh, most people, most of my friends um, are not in the hospitality industry. So they and I don't think my frankly my parents probably don't know what I do every single day. But um, <laughs> that's that's beside the point. <laughs> but uh, we um, we we deliver we sell about ninety thousand room nights a year, and room nights is is the you know, that's the gold of, of Pinehurst. That's the lifeblood. And so um, of the 90,000, um, you've got two different segments that deliver uh, that um, those nights. You've got group, group sales, which comprises of eight sales managers that are deployed geographically or vertically. And they're calling on companies uh, all over the country to, to bring their corporate events here uh, or association meetings. Can be sometimes you know it can be uh, military events, it can be you know, religious events, whatever it is. It's just anything that, that attaches itself with meeting space or function space um, that's here in, a, in you know as little as five people all the way up to 500 people. That's one side of our business, and that's more. That's probably about 55 percent of that of that 90,000 room nights. Then you've got the social leisure side, and that's you know that's the that's the buddy trips. 
that's you and your boys, you know, coming in town and you're going to do some, you know, skeet shooting and play the cradle and have some fun. And, you know, that's weddings, that's, uh, you know, weekend spa trips and all that stuff. So that's about 45%. So of those two groups, Scott, I, I manage both the group sales team and the social, social sales team. Um, it's a, it's probably around 30 to 35 people. Uh, and then you got to service all those, all those room nights, particularly on the group side. Um, so there's a, a team called event services. And, uh, this is a, this is a team that's comprised of 15 people and they're out there essentially executing the event agreement that the group sales team, um, has brought in. You gotta, you know, you gotta serve, you can't just sell it, right? You gotta service it just like in any business. And so uh, these these are the, the the real uh you know the real winners of what we do. They make us look good. They're the ones that are bringing that U.S. Open everyday experience to life. Whether it's you know in a meeting room to make sure it's it's perfectly set for that for that CEO. Whether it's a a group shotgun, a 120 person buyout of a of course number two. Make sure the the tee sheet is right. The, the golf cart staging is proper properly set. Uh, all the way down to the finite details of, of uh, you know, their their dinner execution. So we do, uh, from soup to nuts, event planning uh, on the highest level down to the smallest, you know, five to ten people. And so, um, and then there's the business development piece, Scott, which I really enjoy. And that's, that's really going out, um, that's me, essentially, uh, doing uh, relationship building with like-minded brands. And what I mean by that is, you know, we, we, we only have – five or six brands that we call partners. Um, and, and we want to be exclusive with categories across that, that partnership landscape. So this is folks like BMW or Titleist or uh, EasyGo or Toro Manufacturing Equipment, uh, Shipsticks. So we, we identify the, the, the best brands in those categories and we say, hey, we think you guys have a service that can benefit uh, our guests and our members. Um, why don't we, you know, in, engage in a partnership discussion? So I do that. Um, but man, it's, there's never a dull day, Scott. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm coaching a lot. Um, I'm doing personal, you know, uh, professional development with my team. Um, it's managing people, as you know, uh, comes, you know, comes with uh, a lot of challenges, but, it's uh, the people on the sales team uh, make it happen. They're the ones that wake up every day and, and uh, make the phones ring and uh, bring in the people. So I feel very, very honored and very blessed to, to be in a role where I can wake up and, and lead all those people. And uh, it's, it's just a, you know, it, it's a fun when you can, someone said when you can combine your, your passion with your work, you know, you've found something, you know, and I feel like that when I, when I, I don't, I don't begrudge coming to work, uh, unless I'm like hungover, but uh, <laughs> the brewery, yeah. got to make sure right. the product's great. Damn, you right. know, brewery. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. To, to, to me, to me, uh, to me, IPA to the brewery, Damn but, weddings, corporate events, right, day old right, golf exactly. course. <laughs> Um, but I mean, honestly, Scott, I mean, we talked about this, um, a few months ago, but I, I didn't really, I didn't really seek out hospitality. I mean, I, I, I love people. I love being, I love, I love selling. Um, I mean, I, I think I, I, I enjoy the art of putting together, you know, ideas and, and bring them from concept to, to tangible and, and delivering. It's, there's something, something to be said when you, when you see a, a group of come together, and be executed and you see the people that show up and 
the the camaraderie they have and, and the experience they have at Pioneers. And you know, you think to yourself, hey, I, I played I played a role in that. Um, that's pretty cool, you know. And and um, so knowing that I've been here for 15 years now, it's it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, it really is. That is hard to believe. You're you're a young fella too. I uh, I can speak from experience. So we're we're in a group called Built. Uh, Mike Isu runs the group here in Charlotte, and uh, he uh, he and the group hosted a tournament there, and I think he may have worked with you. And uh, another buddy of ours, Adam Farber, who you know, attended that tournament and said it was the absolute best golf tournament he's ever been a part of. And I'm sure that is a result of you and your team and your resort, and uh, I know they'll be coming back for sure. So, well, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. We, we take pride in – and every every uh, every contract opportunity, every relationship that we have, people like like Mike. Mike has options. I mean, just like in your business, Scott, you have options of you know, the consumer has multiple options to take their business. And in our space, it's no different. Uh, it's a hyper competitive space. And yes, we have a great we have a great product. We have great people. Um, but you know, we're we're not we're not in a big city. You know, and we don't have an ocean. We don't have mountains. So we've got we've got to win you on Southern hospitality. We've got to win you on trust, on deploying em- empathy, understanding your needs, all the basics of of being great at at, at selling. But then 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 the, then there's the, the the delivery of doing what you said you're going to do, and that's that goes back to the event services team. So I'm I'm thrilled to hear that, that Mike gave us uh, good remarks, and I think he's uh, I think he's planning on coming back. So that's the ultimate. Litmus test is when you can earn their on their business for a two you know two years three years four years and then in perpetuity some groups come back every single year. Uh, we love those groups. We like it. We'll, yeah. we'll, we call, we call them the annuity groups. <laughs> Residuals. <laughs> so um, so Eric, a, a quick question is as we start to wrap this up, you, I feel that that Pinehurst, you guys are really challenging yourselves to not only create a very fun experience, but but definitely keep golf relevant as we continue um, to grow. So my question is this, you know, I'm a 34 year old millennial. I have a, a, a brand or 11 month old boy. I want him to love golf like I love golf. Right. But I know that there's been a disconnect. So you talked a little bit about Top Golf. You talked about the selfie factory. So tell me what would be your advice to people that love the game of golf that maybe want to to get their children involved in golf, but really what's the direction of the entire industry? How are they going to stay relevant and where do you see the future of golf? Um, so it is a very powerful game that continues to grow year after year. I think PGA tour, if you look at the young guns, I think they're doing yeah. a phenomenal job. Uh, and you go out to a tournament and you see kids that are, they want to look just like uh, the Justin Thomases of the worlds, the Rory's sure. of the worlds. Um, you know, th- that's a really cool thing to see, especially for somebody that's getting a little bit older and saying, right. wow, like golf maybe wasn't as strong nine years ago, but I feel like it's kind of making a resurgence. So tell me, what is your advice for the whole uh, global game of golf? Well, that's a great question. It really is. And it makes my, it makes my mind race because um, there is, Golf is kind of going through a little bit of um, a little bit, like I said earlier, kind of redefining itself. What I mean by that is somewhere along the way, Brian, golf got a little pretentious, you know, and and there's always going to be that element in golf. Okay, Uh, I mean, I I was fortunate. I grew up in Charlotte. I learned the game at Charlotte Country Club. 
my, my mom and dad would drop me off in my mom's station wagon at, at eight o'clock in the morning when it was, you know, right, right after school. And I'd go out there and I just hit balls all day. And then, you know, that, that, that type of lifestyle has changed. Golf is not compatible right now with the younger generation, um, especially with kids. I mean, it's like, you know, who has four and a half, five hours to play on Saturday or Sunday um, when they'd rather be at home, you know, whether they're friends or, you know, traveling or, you know, the, the experience economy has so many choices and, and, and parents today have, have just changed their habits to some extent. So um, what, I, what I mean by that is, you know, golf has to find fun. It has to find fun. And it, and, and golf got, it got pretentious and it got, it got difficult. And so how do you make it unpretentious? How do you make golf courses less difficult? Um, you, that's the way you make golf more accessible because there's all kinds of grow the game initiatives. I mean, it's silly. You can Google, you know, grow the game initiatives, golf. And it's like everyone, Jack Nicholas has got his name behind something. The USGA has got their name behind something. You know, there's, there's women's golf day initiatives and there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, uh, youth on course initiatives and they're all great and they all mean well and they, and they, they will have an impact, but to really have like, you know, for you to be motivated to take your kids out to the golf course, you need to have, it needs to be a guaranteed fun. You need to have your own type of game, you know, gamified. That's why, again, top, top golf has been so successful because you, you hit the ball and you advance it, no matter where it goes, you're going to score a point. It, so there's, there's instant gratification, like the cradle. You know, the first week it was open, guys, and it had, there was two hole-in-ones. There was a 70-year-old and a 17-year-old. And wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it's rewarding, you know, the fun elements of golf and making these golf courses. Like, I mean, again, I'm, I'm being a little self self uh, advertising here, but number courses two and four, yes, they have difficult elements, but they, we have these wide fairways here. I mean, this is, you know, it's not, you don't have to land the ball in this small fairway and that's a trend. I mean, you look around at other wonderful golf destinations like Bandon Dunes or, or Sand Valley up in Wisconsin, uh, stream song in Florida. Look at, look at visuals of those golf courses. They are not narrow. They are wide they are there's they are uh friendly off the tee big greens um so i think that that's that's been a missing element that i think now golf is finally catching up but man it's it's there's 24 million golfers <clears throat> in in the u.s you know so that's a lot of golfers and but it's been carried by the baby boomers been carried by our parents and you know it will continue to be carried by them because now people are you know they're they're, they're coming into retirement perhaps spend a little wealthier or their foreign K's are a little, a little more fat. So they're going to travel and they're going to you know, continue to pay their country club dues. But for destination golf, for people like us that survive off this, we have to make sure that we're, that we, we are friendly for all ages, for all skill types. And again, getting back to making golf courses less strenuous, less long and, and wider fairways and having things like the cradle, we have music, fun, selfies, you know, the pine cone. So it's, uh, that, that's my answer to it. I mean, I'm, I'm a father of three. Um, yes, I, you know, I grew up playing golf and I'm living in a golf community, but that doesn't guarantee my kids are going to enjoy the game. I mean, I got to make choices too. Like, okay, are they going to play baseball this spring or are they going to go, go play in, you know, the, the, you know, the, the PGA junior league 
with some of their friends. You know, they, you know, so it's like, it's golf, golf is getting challenged by other, by other, by other sports and by parents that are saying, do I really want to invest the time and the money to play golf? Um, so we, we've, we've got it. We've got our, we've got our work cut out for us, but I'm, I'm holding out hope that this game that's been around for what, you know, half a century is going to survive for the long term. We just got to make sure we, we continue to, to evolve. Absolutely. And, uh, that was, that was well said, Eric, we appreciate, uh, you coming on the podcast to in closing and before we close here, we definitely want to figure out how people can get in touch with you. And, and you heard it here on the first, or you heard it first on the brand podcast. If you go to the cradle, you can experience your first hole in one. So I can't wait to do that. Uh, Cause I'm still waiting on my first hole in one, but thank you so much for joining us, Eric. How can people get in touch with you and how can they uh, come experience Pinehurst? Well, thank you both for your time today. It's been very enjoyable. You can get in touch with me by emailing me, eric.kuster, K-U-E-S-T-E-R, at pinehurst.com. Uh, all my information is on our website, pinehurst.com. And, um, I, yeah, we, we would love to uh, obviously host anyone that's interested in coming to Pinehurst, whether it's just for an evening, for the day. Uh, let me know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty good host. Um, and uh, we've got, you know, these all these wonderful amenities need to be experienced by by people. So we, uh, we don't see unless people come visit, they vote by their feet in our business. So look, look, look me up and come see me. And that includes you and you and uh, Scott. Thank you, Eric, man. The, the resort there is very fortunate to have you and, and you have done a phenomenal job explaining what's going on around there. And we, we certainly appreciate you investing the time with us today. You got it guys. You've been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the Dunstan group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.